0: all things are possible, and you can be, authentically, gay with the God of your understanding. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I am Midge Noble, and I am so very, very glad that you are here. And I have an amazing update for you today about the Gay With God memoir. I am sitting here, holding Evidence that it is happening, it is here. I'm holding the Gay with God memoir in my hands. I I'm turning pages. Can you hear them? Probably not. <laughs> the It's it's just amazing to have gone through this journey. And we're going to talk about that tonight a little bit. But I'm going to talk about a deeper journey too. But before we get into the show, let me remind you that I am an affiliate with um, Dr. Keith. And I want to remind you of his Wipeout Trauma program. If you are LGBTQ Plus, especially if you've been raised in the conservative evangelical church, chances are pretty good that you have experienced abuses due to your identity, and these abuses have resulted in identity trauma. Dr. Keith is a bisexual man. After working on his own healing as well as that of his clients for over 30 years, Keith decided to take all his personal and professional experience and put it into a digital course to help you. It's called Wipe Out Trauma. It will lead you on a 10 day journey to create a systematic and practical plan that you will practice daily so that you can begin to heal. As a bonus, Keith includes a forum community where you can ask questions, get support, and make connections with other students. This is an incredible and practical course, and it's available for you now at a low price that you wouldn't believe. You can find the link to Wipe Out Trauma in the show page notes at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. When we talk about trauma writing this memoir as I've mentioned before has been a little traumatic because there are memories that I've had that were very painful memories that I have tried to work through memories that I have buried memories that I thought I worked through but uh, during the process of writing the memoir it all kind of festered back up and I started experiencing it in a whole different way because of writing the memoir and putting it on paper and reliving it and hashing it out and going through it again was quite difficult so on that journey I had assistance I had people in my corner people supporting me people understanding how difficult it is to write a memoir, how difficult it is to face old wounds, even though maybe healed over, but not exactly healed because we all bear those emotional wounds that have been maybe healed a little bit, but they fester back up from time to time. And as a therapist, I used to talk to the kids about having those wounds that are emotional be very traumatic because people see things on the outside of our bodies if we've been bruised if we've been burned if things have happened on the outside of our bodies people go oh oh that's oh, oh that looks horrible that looks painful oh you must really be in pain and and they understand the trauma you've been through but when it's emotional unless we speak about it and some of us couldn't speak about it some of us couldn't talk about what we went through while we were children because of two things one we might not have been able to because we weren't safe or we might not have been able to because we didn't realize how insidious the trauma was we thought it was normal We thought that this is how everybody lived. We thought that this was just sometimes even our fault. We took on the blame. We didn't realize that it wasn't us that created this problem. One of the testimonials that was written for me for this book says this, Through candid, relatable stories that are at once both humorous and tragic, Midge takes readers on a journey of resilience and hard-fought redemption, confronting even her most gritty and tender memories with understanding and compassion. She offers a model of what it looks like to reclaim a sense of agency, authenticity, and accountability, while still rooted in postures of empathy and humility. When I read that, it opened my eyes to, to remember that I really had no idea growing up how what was going on affected me, that I was living in a fearful self most of the time, an anxious kind of self, and when you do that, you can't be completely authentic. You mask a lot of problems that are right in front of you. You you act like it's not happening, that you are fearful, like I said, and anxious most of the time, and that you you love conditionally you don't know how to trust love you don't know how to handle it when it is there and then it's taken away you feel unauthentic really and it's a hard way to live as a child because you have to trust the adults that are taking care of you to guide you through emotions but if they have been traumatized as children and they don't know how to figure out their own emotions, it's hard for them to guide their kids. You, you don't really understand how to play and have fun because everything might become very urgent and you become maybe super responsible and trying to control things so that you know the outcome. The journey through trauma is, is to come through all of what you were learning as a child and relearn how to connect with your most authentic self the person that's genuine and spontaneous and expansive and loving and assertive being able to set really good boundaries being able to be playful and understand that other people's issues with you may really not be because of you but because of what they've gone through in their past. So as I told my stories of my childhood and my coming through and my memories and how I then can get through the gay part of it, because you take a a, a child that's going through some emotional traumas at home and then throw in, oh, and by the way, I'm gay especially in a home that's not going to be very okay with that, it really shuts you down. And I think that's why my journey to being an authentic gay with God lesbian was hard because I couldn't even admit it to myself. And I certainly knew I couldn't admit something like that to my family. It never even occurred to me that I was gay because I I think I knew, bottom line, you're not going to be safe to do it. So just to give you a sneak peek, my memoir is in four parts, and part one is all about my family. So I chose to start with my family because I want you to get to know the people that I grew up with. I wanted you you to see some of the trials that I didn't even see as trials at the time that I had shut down, and I wanted you to see what the family composition was because then in part two, I go through some of the trials that I experienced. I talk about having a Jesus facade. Let me tell you, once you get to know me through my memoir, you're going to go, really? You were like that? You're not going to believe it. But it's really interesting to see how far I've come, by the way. We can at least stand on that. Part three is all about searching. I tell a wonderful memory of a wild haired boy that I met while I was doing a substitute teaching job back in the day and how I had to come through beginning to to peel back those onions of masking and not knowing myself and coming face to face with a woman that just derailed a lot of my masks and my bravado. She understood that I was anxious underneath all of that. She knew before I even knew that I was gay and she decided that I was a part of her journey and that she loved me from the minute we met and I loved her too but she was a whole lot more aware of where her love was going (laughs) and I didn't have a clue. And then part four goes into my rebirthing. I talk about the day that I died and how the authentic me was then born. I want to read a section for you from the chapter called Out of the Darkness. At this point I'm actually attending an MCC Metropolitan Community Church And there was a gay pastor there who had talked to me about that it was okay to be gay, but I really didn't trust, from my fundamentalist background, that a gay person would have a clear understanding of that, that of course they would want to believe that they were gay and they would shape the scriptures in order to make that work out for them. Now I know how this all sounds and understand that I've come through it all. (laughs) I, I, I do regret some of the journey that I've been on, but I know it was all for some purpose. So I was attending this church. And the minister knew that I was looking to find out if I was gay, but I still felt like I would go to hell if I found out that I was. And I wasn't really sure at that point what I would do. Suicidal ideations were always present during this time of my life, and I was convinced that I probably would kill myself if I found out because I couldn't blend the homosexuality and the scriptures. When the last hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, started, I lost it. I began sobbing uncontrollably to the point that I was struggling to breathe. I clutched my body and rocked while the sobs continued, and I kept thinking, Oh my God, I am gay. I am really gay. As the song ended, I tried to pull myself together. Several people around me smiled, touched my arm, and asked if I was okay. Embarrassed, I avoided eye contact and said, I'm fine. Just then, Pastor Tina came up to the pew and said, "'I need some help in a minute. Can you hang out?' "'Yeah, sure,' I answered. When she returned, she sat down on the pew and said, "'Looked like you were dealing with some pretty heavy feelings tonight.' "'Yeah. Want to talk about it?' The tears started to flow again as I whispered, "'I think I'm gay.' The tears got heavier as Pastor Tina put her hand on my arm. "'You are going to be okay. God loves you.' I kept my head down and tried to get a hold of myself. I hate crying in front of people. Listen, a bunch of us are going out to eat. Come join us. Thanks, but I should get home. Mary is waiting for me. I remember what you told me the first time we met, and I need to make sure you're okay. So I really need you to come have a bite with us. Call Mary and let her know. You can use the phone in my office. I called Mary and told her I was invited out to eat. She told me not to worry but to call her when I left because she would be up. You always go to bed early. I'll be awake. Call me. Now at that point in my life, I think that Pastor Tina, not her real name, um knew that I was really struggling. And that now that I had the information that I had been trying to search for... I was now not sure what I was going to do with that information. That's when community is so important, that we have people in our lives that are going to walk us through what we're going through without necessarily telling us what to do, but being there through the struggle. Not getting pulled into our struggle, but standing there with us in the struggle. I know now that God is standing in the struggle with me, but I didn't know it then. I thought God was my adversary, that God was the one, you know, angry that I was going through this struggle, not okay with my struggle. And so I think that as we are here on earth, we sometimes forget how important we are as the extension of God's grace on earth. We have it, whether we're aware of it or not. But when you have a person in your community with you, a best friend, a family member, someone in your community that can be there to extend that grace to you in physical form, to stand in there and just be present, that is so valuable. Because we can't do this alone. We can't just come through trauma and then try to figure it out when we don't have the skills to do so because we weren't equipped with some of those skills growing up. None of us are perfect. And so therefore you are sometimes extending grace to someone else and someone extends it to you. You're someone's anchor and sometimes you have to have an anchor. And I don't care who you are whether you're a minister or a therapist or a really important, you know, star. Each of us need to have someone that we can extend grace to and be present for someone and we sometimes need to accept that from others but it's hard isn't it isn't it hard especially if you're in ministry if you're in a leader, leadership position it's hard to then be the one to receive it it's hard to say yeah I still haven't worked through all my stuff it's hard to sit there and balance that belief that you might have gotten from growing up that you have to be perfect It's so overrated, but yet it still comes up, doesn't it? That we feel like we have to do it all perfectly. And that if we have to be human, oh, God forbid that we be human and have human emotions and deal with stuff in a way that we see other people dealing with stuff. And it doesn't really mean that we're so full of hubris. It really is something we've been trained to do. We've been trained to be perfect and we've been trained not to make mistakes and we've been trained that this is how you show up in the world so that you don't embarrass your family I was actually told that one time that we were the nobles and because my grandfather was high up in the Advent Christian conference we do not embarrass Papa and we do not show that we are basically human we had to look better than everybody else Well, (laughs) I don't think that we pulled that off necessarily, and I certainly, although I adopted that as my personal goal, I failed miserably most of the time, because guess what? I'm human, and I'm also not perfect. So, my memoir is not perfect. My memoir talks about my worst times, my family's worst times, it talks about redemption, it talks about success. And it talks about coming through a journey to find what I'm looking for and to then understand that my journey's not over, that it can't be because I'm still living. And that means I still have lessons and losses and celebrations and more things that I'm going to be called to do. And that's because I'm still here. I'm above ground and I'm still breathing and I'm not done. We're never done. As long as we're on earth, we are still open to being used in a way that will bring us to our highest and best self and to maybe, if we're lucky, help someone else on their journey. In the back of the book, as most books have it, there's an acknowledgments section. And I hope that if you choose to pick up this memoir and read it, Please read the acknowledgment section because I am not on an island and I did not do this memoir by myself. Not only, of course, did I have the support of my beloved, but there were so many people that had a hand in this memoir that made it better, that helped me through it, that were there to help me in the times where i wanted to just stop and when i thought i couldn't write anymore i couldn't go through any more of it so please take the time to read the acknowledgement section at the end because i truly love the people who helped me through it And having this podcast and being able to talk to you guys and being able to share this with you, you are also my people. So thank you, by the way, for your part in letting me talk about my journey of being gay with God. I really appreciate it. So. I'm excited. I'm excited that the memoir is done. I have done the proof copies now. I've looked through them. I've approved them, and I'm in absolute launch mode now, which means that books are going to be printed. I'm going to be able to meet with my publisher this Thursday and my book consultant and we're going to talk about ordering books so that I could have at an event in Hartford and I'm already setting up times that I can go and speak in different locations and be there to do signings. So you as a listener of this podcast Gay With God, if you have a church, a woman's group, a a Zoom meetup, if you have a meetup that you do in your community. Get in touch with me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com. Write to me and let me know if you would like me to come to one of your events and let me share my Gay with God memoir with your people and let me know how I can serve you. I do have book club questions at the back of the memoir, and I would love to zoom into your book club at some point and answer questions, and And I would love to do that, and I would love to come in person in places that I can get to. <laughs> you know what I mean. So please be putting your heads together. Let's get me booked for some events because I'm so excited. Now that it's done, I'm so excited to bring it to you guys and be a part of your own journey. I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of my journey as I do this podcast and now with my memoir. I really appreciate each of you so very much. Check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. The next Faith Journey meeting is going to be on September 18th at 6.30. You can find that Zoom link in the Gay With God Facebook group. And also, I'm doing the Ask Me Anything monthly group that I'm doing up through my actual launch date for the memoir, which is October 11th, but you can ask me anything, and we can talk more about the memoir at these monthly Zoom meetups, and the next one for that is September 14th at 7 p.m. The Zoom link for that is also in the Gay With God facebook group that i run so when you look for gay with god and you come into the group make sure you answer all the questions so i can see you on the inside if you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the god of your understanding if you identify as lgbtqi plus are not even sure if you're gay god has always been within you even when you didn't know it you have always been Gay With God. If you are struggling with your journey to come out or you're struggling with your faith journey, please connect with me for some coaching. You can do that at empoweredmidge.podbean.com scroll all the way down the page of the show page and find a way to connect with me. You can also connect with me through my website gaywithgod.com All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.